So I think we have the quorum now, so we can get started. Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for coming out today. And you know, here we are, it's Thursday afternoon. I hope you are having a wonderful time at reInvent this year. And you know, I've been wondering, and most of us are aware that we have been dealing with multiple devices. And each of these devices are actually generating gigabytes or even petabytes of data. And there is so much of data being proliferating out of these devices that we often have trouble in storing it, analyzing it, or even getting any profound insights out of it. So what can we do? How can we help you to process your data, store it, analyze it, and get some real profound insights out of it? Whether that data is structured data, or whether it is unstructured data, whether it is coming from your connected handheld device, or whether it is coming from an industrial equipment with thousands of sensors. Well, welcome to AWS IoT Analytics, from consumer IoT to industrial IoT. My name is Vikas Pangal, and I'm the senior product manager with AWS IoT. And I'm joined with Ben Kehoe, our cloud robotics research scientist at iRobot, and Andy Warzen, who is the CTO of our partner, Trek10. And together, we'll be talking about what are the challenges and use cases in IoT world, and how this new service, AWS IoT Analytics, will solve those challenges. So let me just dive a little bit into the agenda and talk about what you should be expecting from us to cover today. So initially, we'll be talking about, we'll be giving you the overview of our service, AWS IoT Analytics, and then we'll be talking about the overall growth in IoT space, what are the challenges that it brings upon us, and what are the typical use cases of consumer IoT as well as industrial IoT. And then, probably I'm going to stop talking, and I'll ask our guest speakers to talk, and they will share their uh, use cases and how they are using the AWS IoT Analytics solution to implement those uh, solutions using this new service. So the overall objective here is to talk about the use cases, the challenges, and how this new service can solve that. After this session, if you walk out of this session that you know some of the use cases that you're going to solve using this solution, I'll personally be exceptionally happy, and I'm sure that you will also be. So what is AWS IoT Analytics? So it, it's a solution that enables you to collect the data in just the IoT data. It helps you to structure it, process it, and store it in its own database. And then it lets you analyze and visualize that data at scale. So it's a fully managed service. So all that hard work related to data collection, data pre-processing, or data storage, or even analysis using different solutions or using a complex web of different multiple solutions to achieve that, well, you don't have to worry about that. AWS IoT Analytics can do that for you, and it comes with rich analytical tools that you can use to do your different use cases specific analysis. So how does it work? So let's say you want to analyze the data of your devices which are out in the field, like thousands of devices, and all of those devices are sending data. So first of all, you'll start with connecting those devices with AWS IoT platform, 
and when the devices are connected to the IoT platform, you will define your MQTT topic filter, which is basically stored in the first component of IoT analytics service, which, as you see on your screens, as channels. So once you specify this MQTT topic in your uh, channel, the service starts taking the data, whichever is being sent into this channel, and then it gives you the pre-processing tools in pipelines. So you will use the pipelines, which is the next component where the data goes, and pipeline comes with rich pre-processing activities. So it helps you to do the data cleansing, it helps you to filter out the anomalies from the data, it helps you to do the enrichment using external sources. So overall, using this pipeline, you can give a structure to your data, make it more analytical friendly. And when you do that, the, you store that data after the pipeline into the IoT analytics process data store. At this point, your data is perfectly available for analysis, and it is analytics fr friendly at this time. So now, the service also gives you rich analytical tools. You can use SQL queries to create a data set out of this processed data store. And you can visualize that data set in your quick site solution, create dashboard, share it across the organization. In addition to that, the service also gives you rich uh, machine learning tools for advanced analysis, which is my favorite feature, by the way. So uh, using this uh, machine learning tools, it is basically a Jupyter Notebooks and templates, you can solve your complex IoT-related use cases, such as statistical inference, identifying when your device would go bad, or predicting the uh, you know, device failure, or find, finding the anomalies from your devices. And we're going to talk about that later. So uh, I'm sure every one of us is coming from some industry in some particular city. And Either we are consumers of those technology, whether we are creating a smart home solution, or we are working in a vertical which is related to a smart city, or any smart industry where we are interacting with machines or using M2M communications, or even if we are consumers of connected healthcare. I guess all of us are aware that how fast these industries are growing and how fast the overall IoT space is growing. Each of these devices are generating huge amount of data. So with this ever growth of IoT, it comes with its own challenges, which is making really hard for us to get the meaningful insights out of that data. So let's talk about some of those challenges that this growth of IoT is bringing upon us. And I'm sure that most of us are actually confronting with these challenges. So first one is the high volume. So all of us are dealing with multiple, vol multiple volume of devices, which is leading to high amount of data. On, uh, and you have to manage the data, you have to store that data, you have to see that how you can maintain the data ownership for multiple devices that are sending this data. Another challenge is all of us are dealing with different types of devices. So it's just not a single device type we are talking about here. Even with a single device, we have different versions of, of uh, firmware, and each of the device is sending different type of data. Sometimes some devices are sending data in batch. Sometimes devices are sending data in just one by one as a message. So that, again, augments the challenges related to data aggregation or data ownership. The other challenge that we are seeing is primarily the heterogeneity of the data. So the data itself is so noisy because sometimes out in the field, these devices are connected, sometimes they are not connected. So you're getting the data which is 
totally in a raw form. Some of those devices are sending binary data, whereas some of the devices are sending JSON data with missing attributes. So it's not something that you can literally hook up to your analytical solution and do analytics out of it. So there is so much of noisiness in the data that you need something to, first of all, fix that noisiness and give it a structure. Another challenge that we have seen is that these sensors which are plugged into our devices, these sensors are usually programmed to give you a specific set of information. If you have a sensor which identifies the moisture level, it will give you that what the moisture level is, but it will not tell you that whether that moisture is because of rain or something else. So, how, so usually you need the contextual information to derive some meaningful information from the data that you are getting from your sensor. So if you look at all these four challenges, these four challenges are actually contributing to one of the major, major challenge, which is the data analysis. So how can we do the data analysis at speed and scale, which is required for our devices? That's an open challenge, and that's what we have seen, that how, you know, which is what taking most of the time for our customers. They have to stitch together multiple services, to solve these challenges and to come up with an analytical solution. So how would this IoT analytics solution help you to solve these challenges? So first of all, you have to structure the data. You have to cleanse it. So it has the cleansing and structuring tools in its quiver that you can use. So first of all, you can filter the data. You can find anomalies, remove the anomalous data out of the pipeline, and you can do the transformations of data. Some of your devices, for example, are sending data in temperature in Celsius, whereas other devices are sending temperature in Fahrenheit. And both of these data devices are aggregating data in some repository. So it's very hard for you to identify which device has sent what type of uh, data attribute. So basically, you can do the transformation, mathematical transformation within the pipeline. You can also do conditional transformation for your specific conditions. And the service gives you very easy to use console to do that transformations. We have often seen that uh, the IoT data is usually helpful in, in some form of a contextual information. So how to get that contextual information? So the pipeline offers you the enrichment activity. So you can enrich the data from your IoT device shadow or device registry and get that enrichment within the incoming message which you are getting from your devices. Now, in addition to that, you may have some in-house, you know, on-prem repository where you are storing some metadata about your devices and you may be interested in enriching that data from, from your in-house repository. So the service gives you a Lambda function that you can use within the pipeline and it will help you to enrich that information within the, within the incoming message and it will send that process message to the IoT analytics, IoT optimized data store. So assuming you have followed through the uh, pipeline process and you have stored your process data in, into the IoT optimized data store, which is provided by IoT analytics, now it's time for you to do the analysis. So IoT analytics gives you a lot of tools to do analysis. It gives a very strong tool, which is the SQL-like queries, and you can create data sets in that uh, SQL-like queries. Which, so data sets is, are actually a result of the queries that you run. And you can visualize those data sets in the quick side, or you can actually use those uh, data sets into, uh, for advanced machine learning use cases. So we've seen SQL-like queries are uh, 
pretty good tool, strong tool for descriptive analytics. But what about the complex use cases such as predictive maintenance, anomaly detection, or identifying when your consumable needs to be replenished? SQL will not be able to help you that. So IoT analytics comes up with the tools that exactly help to solve those challenges. So IoT analytics offers you Jupyter notebooks as well as machine learning templates. So Jupyter notebooks are basically the machine learning notebooks, industry-recognized Jupyter solution. So you can write your Python code, and you can perform your ad hoc analysis on that. In addition to that, we understand that if some of our customers are not aware of Python code, they can use the templates which are provided in, within the service. And these templates are customized for IoT-specific use cases, such as machine learning, predicting maintenance, or finding anomalies finding when your device will fail, forecasting uh, the device failures. So you can use these templates, connect your data set to these templates, and get the results instantly. So using all these analytical tools, you will be able to get the insights that you desire to get out of your devices. So let's talk about some of the industries within IoT. So first of all, we'll talk about consumer IoT. So what is consumer IoT? So consumer IoT basically deals with the connected devices that we, consumers, are using. It could be related to your in-house home automation devices, your smart variables that you are wearing, or any other consumer electronic device that you are using. Now, these are so many, there are so many devices of, in consumer IoT segment, that e and each of the devices generating huge amount of data. And it will be super useful for our consumers of those devices as well as the producers of, for the, of those devices to get insights of, from that data so that these producers of these devices can generate some insights and improve their product to finally improve the customer experience. So let's talk about some of the use cases within this consumer IoT space. So we start with the first use case, which is with the device manufacturer. So you have a, if you are a device manufacturer and you have the devices out in the field, customers are using your devices, and you wanted to analyze the recent as well as the deep history of your devices so that you can actually give that information to your customer support agent. And when that agent is speaking to end consumers, the agent has all the history about the product, all the details about the product to help the issue troubleshooted. So how would you do that? So First of all, you connect the devices with IoT analytics, get the data into data sets. And because there are different type of devices and different interaction of those devices, so having recent history or deep history, though it may sound simple on surface, but it is really complex. The reason being is some of those devices are interacting too often, whereas rest of the devices are not at all interacting. So for last 10 interactions of those devices could take six months or even a year. Whereas the devices which are interacting too rapidly, for them, the last 10 interactions would be like last 10 minutes, or even the last 10 seconds, if you will. So how to get that information, different type of information for different devices? So using AWS IoT Analytics, you create data sets for different types of devices. So you, you see that these set of devices are interacting too often, so you create a data set for them. Whereas rest of the devices which are interacting quite you know, uh, less frequently, maybe you create another data set for them. 
and you have two different set of data sets for different type of devices. When your customer support agent get a call from a customer, he has the two readily available data sets that he can visualize in QuickSight, and he can answer those business-related questions or any question that is being asked by the end consumer. The second case, uh, so let's say we have a consumer electronics manufacturer, and he has given the, uh, he has sold the devices out in the market, and a lot of consumers like us are using those devices, but he wants to analyze that what are the triggers and barriers for adoption of these devices, how frequently customers are using this, what is the usage pattern. So how would a consumer electronic manufacturer can get that information? So the IoT analytics service gives you templates, like I was talking about earlier. So there is a segmentation template, so you use that segmentation template on the data that is being sent by the devices. So it will cluster the overall devices into multiple clusters, multiple segments, based on the criteria that you specify. And that will help you to further diversify or create segments within your customer, and it will give you pointers where you should focus to, uh, to drive more adoption of your devices. The third case, which is a little bit of different case, where you have a smart home appliance manufacturer and the devices are, working, are deployed in the homes and the manufacturer or the device provider wants to do the firmware upgrades over the air firmware upgrades. And the challenge there is that the manufacturer doesn't want to bother the customers or the users of those devices. So how the, uh, the manufacturer can do this OTA updates without impacting their end customers. So using the AWS IoT Analytics Jupyter Notebooks, they can get the data and identify the factors which are impacting the fail which are creating the failures in the software upgrade. For example, if the device is not connected to the dock and device runs out of battery when the update is happening. So that's one of the criteria. So again, there are different type of criteria depending upon the device. So they can use notebooks to identify those various variety of criteria and help optimize the over-the-air firmware upgrades. So as you see, there are different types of use cases, different variety of use cases in consumer IoT segment. And these are just a glimpse of you that I've shared to you. And now let's talk about industrial IoT, which is totally a different animal, if you will. So in industrial IoT, first of all, what is industrial IoT? So it deals with the large-scale grand devices, connected devices, or manufacturing devices which usually convert the raw material into a commercial product. So it can be something related to the transportation sector, it could be related to your manufacturing, oiling, or natural resources uh, processing. So all, and if you see, all of these devices in this segment, they are generating massive amount of data. So we are talking about grand scale in, in industrial IoT. And getting the insight out of that data which is being sent by these devices, where each device has more than 20,000 sensors. So just imagine we are getting zettabytes of data and how complex it would be to analyze that data. So with AWS IoT Analytics, it will no longer be complex. And I'll, tell, I'll give you some of the use cases. So speaking of some of the use cases, let's say we have a raw material or paper manufacturer, uh, industrial manufacturer. And they have huge devices which are manufacturing paper. But at the real time, when the paper is passing through the, real, through the reel and in the production line, they wanted to analyze how 
is the strength of the paper which is being manufactured. They have their in-house uh, data store or lab results where they create the benchmark of paper strength and they wanted to enrich that data with the real-time paper processing unit data so that they can figure out whether the processing is happening as per the benchmark results or not. So they use the AWS IoT analytics pipelines enrichment activity, so the custom Lambda function, which is offered within the pipeline, they use that, and that custom Lambda function helps them to enrich the data from their on-prem lab where they have the paper strength results. And using that, they, are, they further do the analysis whether they need to improve the raw material or they need to do some changes with the manufacturing process. In another case, let's say we have industrial food and beverage processing you know, enterprise. And they are using huge HVAC units to store their, and basically in their containers for, to store the food. And they wanted to identify what are the factors that are leading to the failure of these HVAC units so that they can avoid the spoilage of the food. They can take the actions prior to the failure of the HVAC unit. So how to do that? So they get the data of their HVAC devices in AWS IoT Analytics. They use the forecasting template so the service provides you forecasting templates using MXNet or LSTM models. And using that template, they identify what are the triggers that are leading to the HVAC unit failure and how often or when the HVAC unit is likely to fail. So this gives them insights and they basically reach out to their on-site support unit to either repair the, the HVAC unit or replace it so that they can avoid the food spoilage out of it. The third case is related to industrial mining company where they have huge amount of uh, you know, uh, raw material. They have to carry the raw material and they have huge uh, carrying ore carrying trucks. And each of these trucks are super expensive with a lot of sensors, 50,000 sensors. So some of those trucks are not performing perform uh, regularly and there is some anomaly which is being observed. So how do you figure out what is the anomaly and how often these trucks are not behaving as regularly? So we can use the anomaly detection template, which is again provided by the solution. So connect the data set of your uh, heavy, heavy machines with AWS IoT Analytics uh, in this forecasting and anomaly detection template and it will help you to find the anomalies within your device so that you can take the action proactively to solve those uh, you know, device failures. So as we see, there are like a number of use cases where the solution can be used. And these are just a glimpse of it. So what I'm gonna do is now, I will be inviting our guest speaker, Ben Kiho, who is the cloud robotics research scientist at iRobot. And he's gonna talk about what are the solutions iRobot is implementing using the service AWS IoT Analytics. Ben, please welcome. Yep. Uh, thank you. Hi. So I'm Ben Kehoe. Um, I'm a cloud robotics research scientist at iRobot, a serverless evangelist, and an AWS community hero. Uh, and so the thing about cloud robotics, which I do, which iRobot does, is it's about connecting robots to the internet to do more and better things. So we started uh, in the cloud, really, in 2015 uh, with our first connected Roomba, which also does systematic navigation. And we've been serverless ever since. Uh, 
So we have a long history. iRobot goes back 25 years. Um, a lot of different robots, experience in networked robots uh, through our defense business, uh, experience with telepresence robots that were cloud connected, um, although those were single tenant and relatively low scale. And so when we uh, entered into uh, building an application for these connected Roombas, uh, we decided to go serverless. And that enabled us to stay, uh, to stay lean and build this up without having to build up a lot of uh, competency around elastic scaling of cloud infrastructure. So we're now connected across our product line um, of Roombas, and we additionally have uh, sort of connected over Bluetooth our, uh, some of our hard floor care robots. And where this is all going for us is the smart home, right? And that's one of the you know, major use cases for consumer IoT is that our navigating robots build uh, maps of the home to better understand the space, and that understanding can be shared with other smart home devices to give the user a better experience. And so the uh, story, like going serverless here for us in IoT has been you know, a natural fit, right? They're both very centered around event-driven, whether it's you know, user inputs, sensor events, third-party integrations telling you something. And of course, you want to manage all those event streams uh, in time series fashions, which it, IoT Analytics is going to help with. You need to be scalable, right? But you ideally don't want to have to deal with the scaling of it. You just want that to happen. And serverless has been lean for device makers. As a you know, traditionally hardware company, instead of having to learn all of this about you know, how do I use auto-scaling groups, how do I you know, manage all of these pieces, we've been able to use AWS Lambda, AWS IoT, um, and other managed services. You know, we're nearing 30 AWS services that we use on delivering our production application, and none of them are EC2, none of them are Docker. Um, and Greengrass is sort of the reverse, right? If you're cloud-enabled, you can move down onto devices now. And this has enabled us to focus on what we do best, right? Delivering consumer robots to our customers. And this has been great. So we've been doing this uh, in production live with customers for over a year. Um, we're projected to have 2 million connected robots by 2018. So you can imagine that's a significant volume of data that we're ingesting there. Um, our analytics platform that sits sort of behind that serverless front-end cloud uh, is mostly serverless. You know, we're, uh, we recently just switched to S3 and Athena over DynamoDB, um, and that's uh, saving us 85% of cost, so that's great. Um, and this is forming the future for a data-powered platform that uh, goes to that smart home uh, integration there. So the way that we use uh, the device shadow data, so this is in AWS IoT, um, the representation of device state that is available cloud-side is in this uh, device shadows. And we use that for uh, three primary purposes. So our firmware update solution uh, uses that. We you know, perform just regular analytics on it, and our customer service uh, organization uses that data as well. And currently, you know, all three of those things, they're working well for us. We've done them, we've figured out how to do that before you know, there are any managed services to do, to do them for us. But they tend to be a little bit of a Rube Goldberg machine. So when you're serverless, you look to find managed services that you can glue together with minimal amounts of Lambda code to perform the, uh, the functions that you need to produce. 
And even if they're not quite exactly ideal for what you're doing, you'd rather do that than build it and own it yourself. And that means that, again, you stay lean, you have fewer operations, and you're relying on people who you know, know how to do that specific thing better to uh, maintain and produce that better than you would if you were building it in-house. But even when it's working well, reducing moving parts and reducing the amount of infrastructure that we own is a win. And this is, again, part of serverless, right? How do we reduce the amount of stuff that isn't central to our, the business value that we're providing? Um, how can we move that to, to a managed service? And that's where IoT Analytics comes in for us. So for firmware update, this is right how we get our Roombas to do better things over time. And we, you, know, you want to do phased rollouts, right? You've uh, got a new firmware image, and you've tested it extensively, but you don't want to pull a big lever and say, all right, everybody's getting it all at the same time. You want to you know, take canaries and see that they work, and then you want to start rolling it out more widely. So phase deployments are important here. Um, selecting groups based on criteria. You want to choose you know, robots that are active uh, you know, over time so that you know that they'll exercise the features in that firmware. Um, and you want to select time windows. You want to try and deliver firmware updates to robots during times that they're not in use. And that's both, you know, so as, as Vika said, uh, you don't want to interrupt the customer experience. And you know, we flip that around in saying that you can't interrupt the customer experience because if the robot's taking a firmware update and you push the clean button on your Roomba, it's going to throw away that firmware update and do what you're asking it to do. Um, but that means that we haven't gotten the new features onto their robot. So we need to plan around the consumer so that uh, we can en enable those features to get down to the robot. And so the way that we do sort of these, all these selections is that we pass from an IoT rule, which is the, uh, the thing on the far left, um, into Kinesis, into Lambda, and uh, into Elasticsearch, which is the thing on the right. So we have an Elasticsearch cluster, the managed Elasticsearch service. Uh, so it's less things to maintain, but it's still a thing that, with a lot of knobs that you gotta tweak. Um, and we process all of the shadow updates into there. And that allows us to search over it and find all the information we need out of those shadows. And what we'd be replacing with here is um, that pipeline with IoT analytics. And this doesn't look like a big change. Um, and if I show you sort of a, a more zoomed out view of what we then do with that Elasticsearch cluster, where in here, you know, there's a bunch of icons here that don't really matter. The point is that over on the uh, sort of center right, there's that Elasticsearch cluster. And that gets replaced with AWS IoT analytics. This doesn't look like a big change, but it's a big win because um, that Elasticsearch cluster is a, you know, got its own query language that people have to learn and understand. Um, it's got a lot of knobs to tweak, so there's administration to it. Um, there's a lot more monitoring involved in it to make sure that you know, you're choosing a number of nodes for it and that that's, it's not overrunning that. And so you just swap this one piece out with AWS IoT Analytics and you're doing less operations work and you get sort of easier querying, easier to onboard people onto that. Um, additionally, uh, some of these components towards the bottom, uh, IoT device management was announced, and uh, that's a way to help uh, understand your fleet and find uh, uh, manage OTA updates, so how you're actually rolling out the firmware. And so I won't talk about that, but that's actually something that can simplify some of this architecture as well. 
And so one of the things that we have to do, um, there are two things that I want to show in this fleet query. So one, we, you know, that thing about you want to choose it at a time that uh, people aren't using their robots so that the firmware update is likely to succeed. So you might run a query that is running at, say, you know, one in the morning in Eastern time. And so you say, give me all the robots in Eastern time that have been on their dock for 15 minutes or more. And that's indicative of uh, those robots, you know, being less active, right? That they're sort of in a, in, a, in a dormant state. But we don't have how long they've been on the dock in the shadow. We have the dock time, like when it arrived on the dock in the shadow. And so, as you can see here, you can just read this directly and understand it by just looking at it. And that's a great, you know, that's the power of SQL, right? That's, uh, that is human readable. And IoT Analytics is bringing that for us. For our analytics work, where we're just analyzing usage, you know, we've got a lot of Amazon S3 uh, with Athena in front of it now. Um, we've got EMR running jobs. We use data pipeline to move data around. And we have uh, a lot of Redshift. And where we see uh, IoT Analytics playing a role here is taking some of the workloads off of Redshift especially sort of our time series related ones where we're querying robot state that can move into AWS IoT analytics uh, to make that time series a little easier to query in a database that more natively understands the time aspect of the IoT data. Additionally, the enrichment functionality is really powerful. So if we need to pull in third party data um, or reference other information that's stored elsewhere in the system. The enrichment part of the pipeline can help a lot. The final thing here is uh, customer service, where when you call up and you say, hey, I've got a problem with the robot, they need two things, right? They need to know, A, what's going on with the robot right now, and then what's happened over the history of this robot? You know, is, has the battery, uh, the battery storage capacity reduced sharply recently? Um, or have they been, you know, is this something that they've been using this robot for five years and their usage patterns have changed? But recent can be relative, right? Say it's the last 10 events. What's, what's recent on this robot? Maybe they didn't use it in the last month. So it's not a time-based query. It's sort of an item-based query. Give me the, you know, stack up. And we're hopeful that, you know, IoT Analytics could perform maybe both of these functions for us. So to sum up, Right, this is simpler, it's more robust, it's more serverless. Right, it removes the number of knobs that we need to tweak to have a performance system. Um, and we're really excited about the future of uh, this service and how it can fit into all of these pieces that we're currently doing independently and bring them together in one spot. Thanks. Thank you so much, Ben, for sharing your compelling stories and use cases. And I hope the people in the audience who are in consumer IoT space are able to relate with these challenges and these stories. And now, let's switch gears and talk about industrial IoT use cases. So we have our guest, Andy Warzen, who is the CTO of our partner, Trekten, to talk about the challenges in industrial IoT space and what are the solutions they are creating using AWS IoT Analytics to help those customers? Andy, please welcome. Thank you. 
All right. Thanks. Uh, I'm Andy Borzon. I'm the uh, CTO of a company called Trek 10. We're a uh, AWS consulting partner uh, with the uh, partner competencies in IoT and DevOps. Uh, a lot of experience building serverless and IoT architectures on AWS. Um, I'm going to tell you today about uh, experience with uh, the IoT analytics from the perspective of a customer of ours in the manufacturing space. Some initial experiences we've had with the service and uh, how, we, how we plan to use it in the future. Uh, to help help this client, uh, so we're based in uh, in the Midwest in a Rust Belt city, and uh, this old abandoned manufacturing facility is is actually our headquarters. Uh, if you can believe it, it's an, it's a hundred year old facility that's being uh, re, re, reborn, uh, transformed into a tech center and a multi use space. Uh, it's pretty cool. We're proud to be a part of this project, and it's uh, you know it's we see something similar going on with. Uh, manufacturing companies all around us in the Midwest and certainly around the country and the world uh, who you know, come from a really old traditional base and are trying to figure out how they can transform themselves with IoT technologies. Right? How can they transform their, uh, their revenue structure? How can they transform their cost structure? Uh, how can they leverage IoT to, uh, to help them along that journey? Uh, so this client in particular, uh, they're an industrial manufacturing, so they're producing large industrial equipment very expensive equipment that's being deployed into field locations, uh, very diverse field locations, potentially very remote field locations uh, around the country. And, uh, and, and, and the, this equipment is uh, very expensive to maintain. Uh, downtime is very critical, right? So the IoT use case here is predictive maintenance, right? How can we, you know, can we uh, outfit this equipment with uh, uh, sensors uh, to get telemetry data? Uh, on the operation of the equipment, so things like uh, vibration data, temperature data, uh, electrical conductivity data, and uh, push that back into the cloud and use that data to gain some insights into, uh, into the, uh, uh, the operational characteristics of the data and optimize the maintenance cycle, right? Um, many of you in the room that are familiar with IoT have probably heard this story before. This isn't uh, uh, particularly uh, groundbreaking use case. It's a pretty classic sort of IoT story around from manufacturing, um, but it's you know it's important to keep in mind there are just there are many thousands and thousands of companies uh, in the manufacturing space that are just beginning to sort of look at this problem. Um, and what's really interesting is that I think you know there's no one size fits all solution here, right? This is a really uh, hard problem to solve for every company in their own way. You know what data is going to matter to them. How are they going to use that data? And ultimately, what's the ROI going to be for their company, right? And so uh, this is a journey for every company to take. And, and so you, you know, we really need to think about how we can help them that journey and as kind of efficient and flexible in that manner as possible um, and, and sort of help them get as quickly as possible to the, that ROI. And so you know, that's where the IoT platform comes in for us um, on AWS. And you know, the IoT platform, uh, as well as sort of the other serverless services, on AWS, as Ben was talking about, um, the key idea here, you know, being the, in our mind, that the, the virtual machine is hidden, right, from the from the architecture. Um, we're using these primitives that are plat platform services. Um, these are you know, th this approach we think is really critical for you know for many different clients, in particular in this case. Um, it gives us that ability to have, have, a, uh, have a lot of agility very early in the project, right? So we can get very, very quickly from idea to prototype 
by assembling these services and not having to deal with virtual machines. Uh, and it also lets us get very quickly to production and learn what works and doesn't work, right? Um, help that, com that this company uh, get very quickly to figuring out, is there an ROI here or do I need to pivot and look at this data in a different way to start to drive value? Um, but you know, the kind of the compelling corollary to that with these services is that we're not building throwaway prototypes, right? That uh, we're actually building uh, architectures that from day one have the ability to scale, right? And so the combination of these two things, the ability to get very quickly to uh, proof of concept and to, to production, but the minute that we find a, uh, an approach that works, um, we're ready for scale, right? That's a really compelling combination for the business. And that's, in our mind, why you know, these platform services are, um, are a great approach. A third key attribute here is that we have a lot of flexibility in terms of how we store the data. Um, it, gives, uh, uh, it, gives, it gives them a lot of, uh, you know, a low barrier to entry, I guess I'd say, in terms of uh, storing the data and starting to find value out of the data. And that's where, I, you know, kind of the IoT analytics service comes in for us. Um, so let's talk a little bit about how this works for this client. So um, a solution that we've, we've built here. So uh, at a high level, sensor data is coming off the equipment, right? It's going, uh, it's going into AWS and we're doing three things with that. We're um, using that to uh, create real-time uh, alerts. So predicting a maintenance event, uh, predicting a potential failure and getting that to a maintainer as quickly as possible, right? So they can take action on that, on that alert. Um, we're also using that data for real-time visualization, so uh, the maintainer can remotely inspect the equipment, um, or when they're on site, they can get support from an engineer back at headquarters who can also look at this telemetry data and, uh, and uh, inspect the equipment. And then finally, we're uh, storing that data uh, for future analysis, right? So we can start to gain deeper insight into the operational characteristics of the equipment um, and, uh, and determine how to, how to prevent uh, failures in the future. Um, but let's go one little deeper and talk kind of how this actually works and where IoT analytics fits in um, to this, this architecture. So it starts with the, you know, the IoT thing. Uh, this is the sensor that's uh, connected over the air um, to the AWS IoT service. Um, this is, uh, as Vikas mentioned, the uh, MQTT uh, message broker. Uh, AWS IoT is the entry point then for the data into AWS. And then we use IoT rules and actions to route the data to a couple locations. Um, with the topic uh, rules with AWS IoT. The first place we're routing those, that data is a Lambda function. Um, so we can use this Lambda function to, uh, to define our rules uh, for alerting on a maintenance event. So, uh, and then use AWS, uh, Amazon SNS to, uh, to send that maintenance notification uh, to the end user. Uh, initially, this Lambda function is pretty sort of straightforward rules that are based on uh, expert analysis uh, and experience with the, with the equipment, right? So lab data, um, previous experience can define a threshold uh, for some telemetry to say that a maintenance event uh, is required or potential failure is required, but uh, we can uh, do a lot more with this Lambda function in the future and we'll all kind of come back to that. And we could also uh, start to include other things like Kinesis Analytics into this architecture to do um, to do alerting off more of a stream of data and aggregates of data. Um, but for now, it's sort of a, a, this is a straightforward approach of using a Lambda function to, to test the data essentially as it comes in. Um, we're, the second place we're sending the data is into, um, into DynamoDB for, this is our short-term hot storage. So uh, this is what we're gonna be using to, uh, to visualize the data in real time. Uh, DynamoDB is great for this purpose. It's sort of low latency read-write uh, data store. Um, you can actually set an expiration 
uh, value on the data as it goes in. So it automatically expires out of DynamoDB. So it's a really well-suited service for this use case. Uh, and then uh, from there, we have a serverless API. Uh, so we're using API Gateway and Lambda to create a RESTful API to access this data. And then a JavaScript client front end uh, for the user to, to visualize the data off of. So this can be a mobile client um, as, well as, a, as well as a desktop client to, uh, to visualize the data in real time and inspect it, the, the equipment. The third place in the past that we would have pushed this data uh, in a classic architecture here for us would uh, into cold storage with Kinesis Firehose, right? So uh, IoT, uh, IoT actions, you can route the data directly into Kinesis Firehose. This, this batches up the data, uh, compresses it, stores it in a flat file format into S3. Uh, and as you may have heard, uh, talked about a lot this week, this is the start of your data lake, right? S3 is a great place to start a data lake. Uh, and, and so uh, this is a great starting point and a, really, and a pretty straightforward approach. Uh, but this actually in the past is where we've hit a bit of a, bit of a speed bump, I guess, with these architectures um, because it's similar to kind of what Ben was saying about um, a couple services that are involved, uh, you know, it, it requires a few services and a few additional pieces to plug together to get from this cold data in S3 to something that's more usable um, for an end user to start finding value. Uh, this, isn't, this, is, this is a doable thing, but it's just that much more friction, that much more project time and cost. And also these other services that you have to piece together um, force you to start making decisions up front about how you're going to use the data. And we want to push those decisions uh, as far back as possible, right? We want to uh, avoid pre-optimizing this architecture when we don't necessarily know how we're going to use the data up front, right? We're trying to enable this journey of exploration and, and, uh, uh, and evolution to kind of figure out what's work, what works for this company uh, for, for their use case. So this is where IoT Analytics comes in for us, right? Uh, instead of routing this data to Kinesis Firehose, we can just as easily route it into IoT Analytics. We can filter and transform, uh, enrich the data in IoT Analytics. Um, and then uh, the beautiful part is then there's really just one more step, which is defining that SQL view, right, to create your data set of the data. Um, and that SQL view can very, be very easily changed or updated as new data comes in, right? So as we, as we start collecting different data, uh, different telemetry from the equipment and figure out what works again, all we have to do is um, push all that data into IoT Analytics and update that SQL view. So it's a really simple, uh, flexible, approach to, to getting access to the data. And then once that SQL view is defined, um, you can immediately start to uh, visualize the data in QuickSight, right? So you've gotten much, much faster from ingestion to uh, having the data in the hands of someone that can start to find value out of it, right? So this is a, this is a uh, kind of a simple example of that, how it's working in QuickSight today. So you can visualize temperature data um, by pump and, uh, and again, put that, that QuickSight visualization, uh, put QuickSight BI tool in the uh, hands of, a, of an engineer who can start to dig into this data. They have access to the full data set uh, immediately, right? And so it's a, it's a pretty powerful tool uh, that, was, that took very few steps, very little, uh, very little complexity to kind of get to this sort of value producing moment where, where they can start to understand the operation of the equipment uh, and start to, start to improve the maintenance, uh, the maintenance cycle from this data. Uh, but really, this is just a quick start, right? Uh, there's a lot more potential where it goes from here, and it's what we're excited about. Uh, really, you know, going much far, further beyond this, this sort of straightforward visualization. Um, so as, as IoT Analytics uh, goes through preview and comes into GA, uh, we will continue to be deploying this equipment, uh, these sensors into field locations, and really starting to collect a much richer data set and pushing that into IoT Analytics. 
And that lets us do uh, a couple different things with the data once we have this richer data set in IoT analytics. First is that visualization uh, I was showing before. So we can, um, you know, we can, uh, again, give, give access to, the, uh, to an end user with a visualization tool. Uh, the second uh, use case here is actually, so we have uh, engineers uh, that, that can use this data who are you know, mechanical, industrial, uh, uh, manufacturing engineers, and they have very discipline-specific tools that they want to use to analyze the data. And really, they just want an export of the data, right, to put it into their system. And IoT Analytics is actually a real, this is a great use case for IoT Analytics. It's really simple. Uh, so instead of piecing together a few services, writing code to, to build some sort of system for this, um, all we do is we define a SQL view um, of the way they want to see the data. Uh, we define a schedule and an S3 bucket, and IoT Analytics can just schedule an export of that data. And it's, uh, that's, that, that's it, it's a, it's a really simple process, and then we can give the engineer access to that bucket, and now they have a self-service uh, export system. Again, with really minimal effort, just again, essentially defining a SQL view. Uh, the third use case is one we're probably most excited about, which is uh, machine learning, right? So, um, the built-in Jupyter Notebooks, um, plus, uh, you know, a richer data set that we start collecting with field data here uh, gives us the potential to, uh, to use these predictive maintenance templates built in to IoT analytics uh, to, uh, to start to potentially build uh, more accurate models of, uh, of failure for this equipment, right? So get beyond these expert rules uh, that have been defined that are relatively straightforward and actually uh, uh, build a much more accurate way to predict, uh, predict failure, uh, predict a maintenance event. And, uh, and then as we define those models, we can feed those back into the Lambda function, right? So we create this great feedback loop of, as we, we collect data, we use that data to create better models, and then we can push those models back into the Lambda function that's filtering the data in real time. And so really quickly start to try, drive uh, business value uh, and you know, an ROI on the project. So, so again, the, the core concept for us is that uh, this really uh, increases the agility for these kind of projects and lets us start to um, build much more quickly and also get much faster to the point where uh, we can start to find value out of the data uh, and, drive, and really start to drive transformation uh, in, this, uh, in, in the space of predictive, uh, predictive maintenance. So that's all I have, thanks. Thank you, Andy, and thanks, Ben, again. I, to be honest, I feel so gratified that IoT Analytics is solving challenges for you, and you are able to use it for use cases, and I hope our rest of our customers are also able to use it. So let me summarize the value and uh, just give you overall summary of what the overall capabilities of our service, which will help you to come up with some use cases for you and how you can solve those use cases. So first of all, like I earlier talked about it, so we have rich pipelines where you can do IoT data cleansing and contextualization. So you can use the filter transformation functions, enrichment options to do data cleansing and data, uh, getting the context of the data and store it in IoT optimized, fully managed storage, which basically is time series optimized so that it will help you improve the efficiency of the queries that you run on the massive amount of data. Other th and the second thing is the visualization and the analysis that you can do with the service. 
So you create the data set, you schedule those data sets based on your operational monitoring requirements. Some of us would have weekly reviews, dashboards, so you can create these data sets, schedule them for a weekly cadence, and you'll get the report immediately every week. And you can use those reports, view them in, in QuickSight, and create dashboards, share it across the organization. And the third one is the machine learning. So, and I can say there is no limit to it because we give you Jupyter Notebooks, you use your Python code, you use the blank notebooks to create your own ad hoc analysis, any sophisticated analysis that your devices or your use cases demands for, or you can use the machine learning templates which are ready to use for you, pre-authored by our service, AWS IoT Analytics, and some of the use cases like predictive maintenance, anomalies, finding when the failures are gonna happen on your device, find out that using our templates. So that's all I have about AWS IoT Analytics in a nutshell. And we do invite you to try and play with the service. So the service, um, if, you, if you are interested, you just visit aws.amazon.com slash IoT Analytics and you will be able to sign up for the service and we'll be more than happy to help you on board with the service. That's all I have. Thank you, guys. <laughs> if you have any questions. Yes. Uh, so can you explain your question a little bit? Oh, I'm thinking, for example, can you can you put part of the, of the pipeline in, in, in the Greengrass code? Part of the pipeline into the Greengrass code? That's a good feature requirement for us. As of now, it's not, but we are exploring those use cases. And definitely just watch out for the next version or revised updates. We'll have something like that. So if you can, uh, so you can create different data stores, or within a one data store, you can write queries. So when the, can you elaborate a little bit more about that? Um, maybe we can we can take it offline. Yeah. Okay. Yep. We'll discuss about that. Yeah. Any other question, guys? Oh, yep. Yes, so uh, the AWS IoT Analytics use Jupyter Notebooks, which, so the question is, uh, how does the uh, machine learning support in AWS IoT Analytics relates to the new service that we have launched yesterday called SageMaker? So AWS IoT Analytics use Jupyter Notebooks, which are hosted from the service SageMaker. So it gives you the blank notebooks. But the templates that we have, they are again hosted, but these are completely optimized and customized for IoT-specific use cases that you will find in IoT analytics service. Yes, please. Yes, so uh, the service would have three different dimensions uh, for pricing. 
And as of now, this is a preview. So the service will be priced when we do the uh, general announcement or general availability. So the service will have three dimensions. First of all, the dimension is the data pre-processing. So it will be 20 cents for per gig of data processed and three cents for the data stored, processed data stored. You will also have an option to store your raw data as and when it arrives from the devices. And for that, you would be charged for the S3 storage pricing. And the other uh, thing is the data sets that you create using the SQL queries. So the charge for that is $6.5 per terabyte of data scanned. So in addition to that, if you want to use templates, the, the, for the templates or notebooks, you may have to refer to the pricing of the SageMaker service. If there are no further questions, then probably I'm going to talk to this gentleman. Thank you again. And we welcome the opportunity to serve you guys. And we love this you know, opportunity once in a year. Every year we have this reinvent opportunity where we talk to you. And we'll be more than happy to answer any questions you have. And we encourage you to just try out the service and give us the feedback so that we can further improve it and make it more compatible to your specific use cases. Thank you.